What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. Sorry, I had to adjust my chair there. Uh, joined as always by my best friend and co-host Nick Veronica. Nick, what happened? London was not so gracious to the Buffalo Bills. No, it was another weird uh, London game, a weird Bills Jags game. I th- I think these games might be cursed, Charlie. How many times have we gotten on this podcast? Bills Jaguars went uh, very poorly. Um, I can think of mm-hmm. four games in the last how many years? I mean, you got the playoff game with Tyrod. You got nine to three. You got <sighs> man, we could we could go through a bunch. I don't really I mean, want you got to. The, la- the last London game debacle that happened. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Bad officiating in both games. <sighs> Let's start there. I want to start there because I don't want to put all the blame on the officials. No, and I I hate, I hate like talking about any referee things. Like, I I really dislike that. It was getting kind of ridiculous in this game. And it it was, and they were coming in bad spots. It was, it was penalty on third and long. It was, it was giving a penalty that gave, gave up another first down. It was, they got out and then there was a flag. They had the, you know, it, it felt to me like they were coming in very bad spots. You think they were coming in bad spots or you think they were, I mean, they were coming a lot. And I feel like there's a lot of calls in an NFL game that don't get called. You know, a lot of those similar calls that don't get called, um, you know, that are just a football call. I mean, look at the Justin, po- the just, uh, Justin Poirier. We were just talking about Justin Bieber 10 seconds ago. Uh, before we started the podcast, now I, got I, would, I, would, I would not admit that on a podcast. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Hey, I'm 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 confident in myself uh, talking about Justin Bieber, but Jordan Poyer, uh, you know that penalty on Poyer. Luckily, you know they didn't score a touchdown. I think they went three and out right after that, um, and punted the following, uh, you know, fo- following set of plays. But Poyer gets a penalty for, you know unnecessary roughness hitting hitting a guy to me it looked like Poyer tried to stop and the guy just kept going into Poyer and he's like weak, well, I'm not weak I'm not going to take the hit very weak it, well, I thought that was a weak call I thought then you also had the uh man, I mean he could just go on and on and on um you know same way though even for Jacksonville I think there were some calls on Jacksonville that um didn't make a lot of sense um, you know, I think there was the one roughing the passer call that Josh Allen had on Josh Allen that was kind of questionable, but at the same time, you know, he did hit him face mask to face mask. You, you see that call all the time for Patrick Mahomes. You saw that how many times for, for Tom Brady and those guys. So um, I don't know. It's it's just I felt like the officials dominated that football game. Do you happen to see the Adam Ziegler's cartoon in Buffalo News? I did not. Uh, this man does not miss. Uh, it, w- it was a, a sports cartoon. It said flag football dot dot dot, and it's a referee, and it's about sixteen hundred different flags on the field, and he's he's got him saying to the British viewers who haven't turned off the telly, don't even try to understand this game, and that uh, it was yeah, it was it was taken over by Sean Smith and his crew. They they certainly got their FaceTime in London. Um, not the reason the Bills lost the game. I hate talking about that afterward. Uh, no. But while we're on the subject, yeah, it was it was a it was it was a week. Um, it definitely not- wasn't the reason they lost the game, but I do feel like some of the penalties on Buffalo on the offense side of the ball kept plays from moving forward. You know, kept drives from from really getting going 
Not that I think that's why they started slow, mm-hmm. but I thought there there was some reasons why they couldn't yeah. really and, get and drives stuff going. That I, I didn't love how NFL Network kind of presented the game on those and, and the lack of highlights, but they score a touchdown. There's a mysterious flag, no replay, no explanation, and then the, the touchdown's off the board. And you're mm-hmm. and you know miraculously they scored again on the almost the exact same play to the same guy in the same spot on the next play, and you're like, well, I guess that didn't matter. But I, I mean, thank gosh that the Bills did because that could have been a huge talking. Like, what what happened? I um, mean, and, they, and to your point on that play, right? They they don't call, they they call a penalty. They don't show it. They review it after the Gabe Davis touchdown because remember the Josh Allen hit on Josh Allen kept the play going or kept the drive going. Um, they reviewed it with Gene Steratore or whoever their review guy was that they had for NFL Network. And I thought it was funny that he pretty much said anytime he was up there for a Jaguars penalty, oh, no, you know, that's not a penalty. That's not this. That's not that. And anytime he got up there to talk about it, I think Buffalo, well, you know, you can't do that. Like the pass interference that was apparently on on uh, Stefan Diggs, but they called it on the field on Gabe Davis. He's like, well, you know, that, that was a, a, a bump and that was an illegal bump, but that hit that Josh Allen had on Josh Allen wasn't illegal. But, again, it's a face mask on face mask, and you can't hit the – quarterback in the helmet it is a penalty and he tried to take it as well josh allen was tucking the ball at that time to protect himself okay mm-hmm. it is still helmet to helmet you call that how many times do you call helmet to helmet call in the game of football nowadays yeah i mean call jags, it whatever you want jags ended up eight penalties for 56 yards bills 11 for 109 it felt like way more than well, I, that that's accepted penalties ones that were declined okay. they're not counted there yeah, and who even knows what that number was at? I mean, I I think the last two drives, I was my wife was on the phone with her friend, and I'm screaming and yelling at the TV. I'm like, that's it. Like these the the officials were absolutely terrible. Um, but again, not the reason Buffalo lost. I thought that it was definitely a deflating part of the football game, but not the full reason why they lost. Nick, the big reason why I think they lost, and we'll talk about the. The bad first. Um, the Buffalo Bills offense looked almost like that offense we saw in New York week one. Couldn't get anything going. Uh, they, they looked real- slow right from the start. And, and mm-hmm. there was talk about did they fly over soon enough? And every team, you know, there's been a bunch of different stuff. A lot of teams have done what the Bills did and were fine. So I don't know if, if that's it. It was weird playing a team that had already been in London. But they, they looked slow and tired. And the, the line would do, did not play well on pass blocking or run blocking, the running game could not get anything going. Josh Allen was the leading rusher with 14 yards. Are you serious? James Cook, the lead back, went negative, five for minus four. Uh, they handed off only 10 times in the entire game. Allen had mm-hmm. four runs. The running backs combined for 10. Uh, it was kind of like you just – it wasn't working, so you knew that they weren't going to it. But also the Jags just, just took that away, and then – it felt like they kind of knew, okay, it's Josh Allen's going to have to beat us on the pass. And they had 200-yard receivers. It was 359 yards. It was it was there, but it was not efficiently there. It was, it was okay, Josh, go win the game for us. It was not, let's play complimentary football, make it easy for you. It was, um, I don't even want to say it was hero ball because Josh didn't seem to me to, to be playing hero ball, but it was almost... Uh, I'm saying this negatively, of course, but almost in the sense that the offense was was just saying, oh, 
this one's on you, Josh. I don't know. No one's blocking. No one's mm-hmm. doing anything. You just you just have to make it work. So Diggs eight for one twenty one. Davis six for a hundred. That was nice. Hardy two for sixty two. Um, you know, still not seeing a lot from Kincaid either. I don't know. We got a lot of stuff to talk about on offense. Um, is the line? I guess I wrote the line. Did that jump out to you as kind of a a real step backward for them, or am I looking? Should we be looking elsewhere? Let me. Well, before we go to the line, uh, I didn't think the line played good. I thought, by the way, I thought Torrent looked weak. Uh, probably his worst game that he's had yet this season. Um, you know, but again, they started slow. No, no sacks. Josh Allen didn't get sacked all game, but um, you know, the run, the penetrating run blocking was not there, right? And and that you you mentioned that clear and obvious. Uh, uh, Cook had negative four yards rushing on five touches and. They just couldn't get anything going. But you talked about what Josh Allen did. You talked about the things that he did, uh, you know, had to do later in the game. Like you said, quote, unquote, play hero ball and kind of put the team on his back on the offensive side of the ball. I felt like that offense was too predictable all game. Mm-hmm. You know, even even my wife watching the game with me, she looks at me, she goes, this offense has zero creativity. Hmm. She goes, I don't see anything from this offense. Like, she goes, I feel like I know what they're doing every play. And she was right. I mean, you could, I could tell you, second down, they were going to run. I, I felt like it was pass, run, pass the entire game. Hmm. Pass, run, pass. And I felt like um, Ken Dorsey was trying to set up the play action by forcing the run. You don't need to force the run to set up play action. Right. It was, it, it, Josh Allen has been so successful the last two weeks out of play action. And all of a sudden, you take it away. I think he had eight total plays out of play action all week or all, all game, and and you can't do that with Josh Allen. You know, on top of that, he it, when he goes into play action, it allows him, it allows his receivers a little bit time, a little bit more time to get open, and he's able to make a quick decision on that. Whether he's throwing the ball deep or he's finding someone short, he still makes a quick decision and gets the ball out fast. We haven't seen any issues with him pulling onto the ball or trying to force the ball in certain situations in a uh, shotgun formation. You know, so Josh ran five play action passes from under center on Sunday. Those five were 15 yard completion to Stefan Diggs, 18 yard completion to James cook, 48 yard completion to Diggs, and a 14 yard completion to Dalton Kincaid. I mean, what are we doing? Why are we not throwing the ball? out of play action. You know, our, our good friend, friend of the podcast, Dan Fates, said it perfectly. It felt like the Bills found an identity the last three weeks, Josh Allen under center and play action. This week there was nothing. And that was... And they still weird. had success. And that was like the frustrating part. Like they were still getting done. They were still mm-hmm. like moving the ball. It just was... Sometimes it looks so easy for them and sometimes it looks very hard. And I know that mm-hmm. that's like a very oversimplified way of talking about the the NFL, which is supposed to be hard. But it's, you know, I'm not saying hard in the sense that like there's giant men who want to kill you. I'm saying it's hard in the sense that they look like they're like going out there hoping to get lucky and like find something coming open because it's it's not it's not like I, I don't know. Like, how do you describe that? Are they are, is the defense throwing something at them that they weren't expecting? Is it are they not so. adjusting in the right way? Is, are they disguising pre-snap in a way that Allen isn't picking up? Like, why does it feel so hard? It feels like what we talked about earlier in the podcast. We talked about week one that 
when later on in the season last year, it seemed like the offense struggled for multiple reasons. And, you know, a lot of the finger point at that point went to Dorsey. And that seemed like a game from the second half of last season where the offense was still able to move the ball in situations and still able to do things with the football. But the offense just did not look, again, best way to put it, did not look creative. They did not look like there was anything special. A bunch of people have posted the all 22 videos and there's guys running pretty much the exact same route in the exact same spot. Like there's no scheming guys open. There's no getting guys open. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what else I really want from Ken Dorsey. Cause I don't put all the blame on him, but you know, week one, in my opinion was on Josh Allen week two or week five was on Ken Dorsey. In my opinion, the bills okay. lost that game. Yes. Maybe, maybe, Offensive execution wasn't there either, and maybe offense has to ex- execute a little bit better. But Ken Dorsey, his lack of cre- creativity, his lack of, um, you know, putting his team in positive situations on first down caused this team to really struggle getting out of the gates. And I think Sean McDermott quietly, without pointing the finger at Dorsey, kind of called him out a few times this week in press conferences. You think? I think he made a comment. I don't have the quote in front of me, so I apologize. But the one comment came out this week from him kind of saying, you know, we need to see this, this, and this from our offense. And, you know, it sounded like it was not so much on the players. It sounded like it was more of a coach comment. That is interesting. I I listened to that a little bit, but I did not really have that takeaway. But so what? I mean, where are you pointing the finger? I guess, Nick, you said offense, but is that finger going to execution, or is that finger going to play call and coaching staff? Um, I'm gonna not have a hot take there, and I think it, it's evenly blame a little bit. Offensive line was not good. We know that that stresses Josh out. Uh, I didn't love the game plan, but part of it's part of it's like it goes hand in hand. Is the is the is the game plan bad because? You know, there's there's a handful of plays he feels like he just can't even call. I mean, so it's kind of like, you know, a basketball coach. It's a good shot because it goes in, you know. It's great great play, coach. I mean, if you, you call it and, and they block it up right and it works, you get eight yards and that's a great call, time to run. And then when it doesn't work, it's – I don't know. I don't know what to say because they did it. I mean, he threw for 359 yards. That should be that should be a lot. Um, but it's it's – going wrong at the wrong time it's you know it the defense keeps getting injured and we like somehow like that that's what i'm most worried about from this game is actually like the injuries here and the defense like actually did their part in the offense it feels like they they were let, let down does it not i mean yeah the, you could definitely say the offense was a letdown um you know again i again I feel like the offense was a letdown because of the play play calling yeah. was just and absolutely abysmal. However, let me oh, you also sorry. have go to ahead, put some ahead. of that you also have to put some of that bad, bad play calling on execution. You can't just point all the finger at Ken Dorsey mm-hmm. as much as, you know, I still say he's more of the reason why they lost than lack of execution. Um you know, you, that you still have to be able to go out and execute on certain plays. You know, Josh Allen on passing plays has to be able to execute. And if there's not a guy there, I need to see Josh Allen be able to just take off and run again. You know, I don't need to see hero ball, hero ball Josh Allen, but I'm okay if you take off and run, Josh, and you pick up eight yards on first down with your legs. You don't have to use your arm every time anymore. This would have been a perfect week to let Josh do Josh things with his feet. 
all right. So here's here's what I do want to say maybe about about the offense as a whole in, in Dorsey here. There are games when the Bills are just shredding people and it feels fun and it's easy and you you like that that's the feeling that Bills fans love, right? And then there are games you can tell from like literally the first drive or two, like they might not have it today. And when when you're in some of those games, it feels like there's no way out of that. Like like if if they don't have it up right off the bat, there seemingly is at least I feel like this. Tell me tell me if you feel otherwise. They can't. There there's no way to get it back on the tracks. It's just not their day, and it, you you know immediately it's just not their day, and they just can't seem to figure it out. Yeah, I mean. Uh, the Jets game is a perfect example of that. The Jaguars game is a perfect example of that. Um, you know, I kind of thought this Jaguars game, one thing I failed to mention last week on the podcast was this Jaguars game was kind of something to be a trap game. It was a game that this team could have won and could have won handedly, and they should have won. I mean, hell, they, they held the team to 11 points through three quarters. You're, you're telling me you couldn't get 14 points on the board to get a lead? Um, you know, it felt like a bit of a trap game with Brian Dable coming back in and you know, Cole Beasley and some familiar faces coming back to to Buffalo for Sunday Night Football this week. It felt like they were kind of looking a little bit more ahead at, at the softer schedule. And, you know, th- this is another loss in the Sean McDermott era where we're just kind of sitting, scratching our heads like, okay, how does this happen? Because this is a game that they should win. This is the easy part of their schedule for team. Things get a little bit crazy with Kansas City and and Philadelphia and those teams coming up on the schedule and Miami again later in the year, you, yeah. you had first place in the division and you literally gave it away after one week. That's so frustrating. And if, I mean, people are like, if the season ended today, uh, yeah, the bills will be the seven seed, but of course the season doesn't end today. So that's ridiculous. They have a lot of time left. I mean, look, a lot of the division right now, a lot of the conference right now is sitting at three and two Kansas city doesn't look dominant, but I will say, and not again, not to throw anything on the refs, but I don't know if you watched any of that game with Kansas City and uh, and Minnesota. It definitely looked like there was some officials getting paid in the last little bit of that game <laughs> oh against Minnesota last week. Uh, look, not saying with conspiracy theorists. However, Kansas City is undefeated since Taylor Swift started showing up at football games. <laughs> Had to be said. She's at the game tonight, and they're only winning 3 nothing. So... You know, nothing too crazy yet has happened from my understanding. However, however, um, there's still a lot of football left. And if it's close come, you know, fourth quarter, maybe we see the officials start putting things in Kansas City's hands for Taylor Swift. This is a ridiculous statement that you just said. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, man. I'm just like, hey, this is a uh, – you know, I don't, I don't, we'll see. We'll see. I'm all, all about the conspiracy theory right now with NFL officials. After okay. after last week, I've, I've bought in. Ah, let's, okay. Let's talk about different. some. Let's talk about the the ugly Nick, and then I'll, we'll finish with the good because the ugly kind of rolls into the good. You mentioned how bad the offense was. You, you mentioned, um, you know, Gabe Davis had a big game. Stefan Diggs had a good game. Great. You know, those those coming. I expect that out of Stefan Diggs. One thing I want to mention before I talk about the the, the the ugly that Gabe Davis catched on the sidelines where he just went straight up and got the two. That's the Gabe Davis. Loved that I miss. it. Totally that's loved the it. Gabe Davis that I miss. Um, do you want to see them get Dalton Kincaid more involved? You spent a first round pick on him. You're not using him in any way, shape, or form that he was used. 
in college. He was a 12 and a half yard per play tight end. He is averaging almost six yards per play in the NFL. I need the 12 and a half yard Dalton Kincaid that you drafted in the first round of the draft and not this Dalton Kincaid that we have seen since he's come into the NFL. Like, like why I'm mad in some ways. Like, why would you draft that guy if, if you're not going to use him? And on the other hand, I'm like, be fair. He's a rookie. He's played literally five games in his life in the NFL. They, they're not looking to him. They're not using him. You know, all this Dalton Kincaid is a fancy sleeper hype is, mm-hmm. t- is totally dead at this point. I mean, Sam Laporta is the rookie tight end that you wanted. Like, what is the plan here with Kincaid? They're they're running this personnel a lot, and the ball is not finding him. What do you make of that? I don't know. Again, don't know if that's on Josh Allen. Is he not getting open? I mean, they're trying to use him in the short field, from what I have seen and what I've you know seen on on online. They where Dalton Kincaid succeeded at Utah was the middle mid part of the field and middle deep. Let him get open in the middle, and they're not doing that. And again, I don't know how much of that falls on Dorsey not scheming up the right plays to get Kincaid open. How much of that is on Josh Allen? I think there was one play that I saw from last week where Kincaid was kind of running across the middle. He was open, but Josh had to roll out the opposite way, uh, hit Stefan Diggs for a big first down. Um Still got the first, but if he would have hit Kincaid, Kincaid most likely, you know, scores or gets mm-hmm. inside the red zone. Um, but Josh would have been forced to throw back across his body. So much different situation there. Um, but I, I, they need to find a way to get him involved. You you spend a first round pick on a guy, you got to get him involved in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form, and you're not doing it. I mean, you knew Knox would still be involved. He's he's a decent blocker, and it's yeah, it's just very frustrating. It's like where where are the weapons here? And I yeah, listen, I know you haven't talked about defense yet. I've seen some takes out there. Tell me your thoughts here. If the defense is getting banged up and injured, shaky, you could try to replace some of those people on defense, or some of the people have have put out there, bring in a receiver. Just go all in on offense. Try to do the best you can with McDermott defensive magic and just put people into the ground on offense. What do you think about that? I mean, that's what I want. That's what we expect to the, this team to be, right? I mean, this offense should be running away with football games. This offense put up 30-plus points in the last three weeks, had 48 points against who people were already crowning Super Bowl champions through the first three weeks of the season. And now all of a sudden you go out there and they they just can't – they can't even put their foot – they can't even start the car to let alone, say, put their foot on the gas. <laughs> They're not even starting the car. You know what I mean? The, the, the tires are are, are 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 low. The tires are flat. They, they couldn't even put air in the tires to get going. Hmm. And this is a football team who has made their money and, and, a, and a, a quarterback who has made his money on being able to put his foot – on a team's throat and just keep scoring touchdowns and keep getting points on the board. I don't care if you go down and you want to kick 10 field goals in the game. That's fine with me. 10 field goals wins you that football game. Yeah. You couldn't even do that. You couldn't even get down there to go kick a field goal. Just, it was a frustrating. Yeah. The the start of the game to me is like, that is what I'm thinking about. Punt, 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 touchdown right before halftime, end of half. 
punt, punt, interception. Then they got two touchdowns late. I mean, Charlie, they had seven points in, into the, the through three quarters. I know that this final score, 25-20. Seven points at the end of the third. That is not a good game. No, that's not a good game. That's not a good game. I mean, when's the last time we saw a seven-point Bills game? Uh, maybe the last time they played Jacksonville. I don't know. Probably, right? I feel like it's been forever, and I feel like we've become accustomed to a one-to-two-punt football game or a no-punt football game, right? It's not something that we see often in this in this uh, with this football team, but we definitely saw it. If you're Sean McDermott, I mean, what what are you doing this week differently if you're Sean McDermott and Ken Dorsey? Uh, well, luckily for the Bills, they have two not good opponents uh, next on their schedule. So that is – that's pretty nice. They have the Giants this week, Patriots next week. Those guys kind of stink. Uh, also, last time the Bills scored less than 10 was the last Jacksonville game in 2021, 9-6. My thought is – of course it was the last Jacksonville game. Curse, I'm telling you. I hate the Jaguars so much. Now, for, for many reasons, right? Like, I don't, they're not worse than Dolphins fans because there's not as many of them. But, like, the 20 Jaguars fans that there are just annoy me. And then they don't even want to put a football team in their, in their own stadium. They don't even don't want to put it. Yeah, they, I don't they, know what to tell you there, Charlie. They don't want to build a new stadium. The, they mean, don't even want to be there. Do you do you remember our um, expansion podcast? What did I, I mean? London is a top option. I mean, it is. I mean, not not that I personally would like it. I'm saying I think I think the NFL, if they're gonna expand it, there's gonna be, like London is definitely front of mind for them. But you got to put grass in. Get rid of that turf crap. That was. That's frustrating. What about um, – let me ask you this one more question regarding that part because you brought that up. I want to just ask you about it. Okay. With what we saw this week, and, and and I don't know if you saw the video going around with Goodell saying that, oh, yeah, we want to test you know, a team staying here for a full week and bringing a team in and seeing how that does. I thought it kind of sucked that Buffalo had to be the experimental team for the NFL to do that with. But um, – if they put a team in London, I mean, if you if they have, let's say the London team has three weeks of being there and they're fully accustomed to that time time change, mm-hmm. and you bring a team in who maybe it takes them a week or longer to get accustomed to that time change. Even if they come over and say you put a whole European division or, or two teams in Europe and you get accustomed to the time change in Europe, then you got to come back and play football games back in the States. Like, I feel like you have to implement a second bye week at that point if you do that. Hmm. I think there should be a second bye week already. There should be, yes. We we've talked about that. Yes, there should be. But I think you put a second bye week in for you know a week for them going and a week for them coming back if they play in in London. That that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean the Bills are one of the first teams to not have the buy after, and they said that they kind of wanted it that way. Though they want they would rather have the buy mm-hmm. later in the year. So let's talk about that because that that's where I'm kind of going with the ugly. Do you think that now, given how they left London with multiple guys out, three of your best defensive starters all out most likely for the season? Although Sean McDermott would not say this week. 
whether or not Jones and Milano are both gone for the year. Do you think Buffalo's kind of like, man, I wish we had that bye week now to kind of maybe go find someone to come in and fill that role? Because on top of the ugly, Kyer Elam's play was ugly. Um, okay, so yes, it was, but I'm still in the mindset where I'm thinking, hoping, whatever you would like to call it. Uh, this, the, the Patriots are in like the worst stretch they've ever been in under Belichick ever. They have their two biggest defeats under Belichick in two decades have been the last two weeks. They look horrible. The Giants look horrible. You might get Tyrod Taylor starting the game. Uh, this should... I'm not saying it's a bye week. I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, this is kind of like a nice little less competitive non-bye week, bye week, where they should be able to get by. They can probably sort some things out. They give people some experience while not having to play elite, elite competition, especially like these two offenses look bad. If Saquon Barkley doesn't play, if Daniel Jones doesn't play, if, I mean, no one on the Patriots looks scary at all. Right, I mean, th- this should be like a kind of reset yourself, get right, get get your feet wet, get some experience with your replacements. Like, I don't, I don't hate the way that this is setting up defensively. I don't, I don't hate the way that's setting up defensively. But you can't be. I feel like you can't run this defense against Philadelphia, against Kansas City. You know, once your schedule starts picking up, I don't feel like you can really run this this defense out on the field i feel like you need to you know find like the giants fine i feel like that's you can go forward with the defense you have maybe new england the bucks man they're they're they've been dominant on the offensive side of the ball you know don't sleep on baker and then you got the Bengals. you can't roll in in my opinion can't roll into cincinnati with that football team you need to make a trade somewhere and in my honest opinion with this defense i think I think Dorian Williams is going to surprise a lot of people. I thought he looked pretty decent for having to come in off the bench from Matt Milano. Uh, I didn't like the fact that he came out for Terrell Dotson. At some point, I thought Dotson looked absolutely terrible. Um, but I, I, I have like a uh, – my, my my feelings towards Dotson are about the same feelings I had towards A.J. Klein. Hmm. If you listen to this podcast, you know how I feel about A.J. Klein. Um, not a big not a big Terrell Dotson fan. I think Dorian Williams though, is going to, to impress a lot of people this week if he gets the start. I think you're okay at defensive tackle. You got Puna Ford. You have other guys you brought in. You know, I wouldn't hate to see them make a trade for Frank Clark just strictly so he doesn't go to another AFC team. Boost your offensive line, continue to keep your, I'm sorry, boost your defensive line and keep your defensive line dominant, you know, from, from the ends. I wouldn't hate that move if they find a way to do it. Um, The one position that worries me is the cornerback position. Find a way to go and get a corner. I think I think Christian Benford is fine. He's a fine second DB out there. Elam is not. You can't. Elam. It looks like Elam's going to be starting this week against the Giants. Um, looks like Dane Jackson's down this week. Um, but you can't be running Dane Jackson and Benford and Elam. You need to go out and find a guy who can play every down for you, who can take over more or less, needs to come in and take over that Tredavious White role. I don't know who, I don't know what you do, but you got to find a guy to bring in. And Josh Norman on the practice squad is not the answer. <laughs> Old friend Josh Norman. I mean, it's, it really feels like they're kind of slow playing it. They're saying, okay, this guy thinks he can play. He's an old friend. 
I mean, put him on the practice squad. That costs you nothing. Let's see what he can do. The the Bills, the Bills I mean, Kair Elam could play every snap this game and next game, and I think they should win both of them. The two they offenses should, they're playing they, are they, not They shouldn't just ready. win both of them, Nick. They, they should be dominating wins. Mm-hmm. Next year, I mean, these next two weeks, they should they should be able to go out and blow these teams out of the water because equivalent to what the Bills have, the Patriots have the same issues. Patriots defense is pretty banged up. And I don't know if you saw the Giants injury report this week. The Giants injury report, pretty much all they have four starting offensive linemen and one backup offensive lineman who are all hurt. It's crazy. I mean, this should be a big game for Von Miller. I don't know how much we see him. Um, but I think after what we saw in London with Jones going out and with Milano going out, I I I think McDermott kind of was like, look, I'm not taking any more chances on this crappy turf. You almost lost Teron Johnson as well because of the crappy turf. It uh, you know there were complaints about the turf last year, uh, and it, it seemed like the article I read was uh, those were mostly related to like the seams, like where the pieces of turf come mm-hmm. together, but. How many how how many times are we gonna do this? Like, what what are we talking about here? You have grass well, at, for the soccer, like just right. playing on the grass. I saw someone say that it would cost the NFL like another hundred thousand pounds to play on grass there, which is nothing to them, right? But the NFL acts like they don't have the money to do it. The thing I find interesting about that, though, is you look at look at uh, the Minnesota game last week. Their best receiver is out with a hamstring injury, and and the best receiver in Kansas City. I don't even know. I believe Kelsey played because Taylor Swift's there. I I don't know. I didn't. I, I'll be honest. I didn't look, so I don't know if Travis Kelsey is in or not this week. Um, but if he's playing, he was another guy. He went down. He he, he had a pretty scary injury there because of the turf. The turf, his foot got stuck in the turf, and he, you know, did something to his ankle or his foot or whatever happened or his calf or whatever. They need to figure out something to do with the turf. Maybe cut down on these injuries, keep your players healthy. None of the players want the turf, so let's find a way to get rid of it. Plain and simple. The turf was the ugly part. The injuries were the ugly part. Kyrie Elam's play was the ugly part. But, Nick, if you got to find one bright spot on this football team, it had to be Sam Martin's punts. No, I'm kidding. That was not the bright spot. I don't want to wow. see him punting ever again. I think the bright spot was how this defense was able to hold this Jaguars offense to 11 points through three games given the fact that three of their captains or three of their big name, all pro, all three of which who I think were on the road to Pro Bowl honors seasons, um, they were able to recover fairly well, play good football, um, you know, and, and really still dominate. Ed Oliver, man, you there's not enough things you can say about Ed Oliver. He has four sacks through five games right now. He's, he's playing on, great. He's on pace to break. Kyle Williams' interior defensive lineman record of uh, that's it's a ten and a half sacks. If he keeps playing, he could meet, make it to thirteen and a half and really, really break that record. Um, you know, Leonard Floyd continues to look good. Greg Rousseau's coming back this week. Talk about the really, really good Nick. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got to talk about him. I want your opinion. AJ Epinesa. AJ Vanessa had the best game I've seen him have in a Bills uniform. Agree or disagree? Agreed. He looked phenomenal. I think I don't know what he what he did in the offseason in terms of training, in terms of his body weight. 
he looks great. Uh, I kind of want to know where was this the last three seasons when they could have used it out of him, when he had chances to get on the field and could couldn't anchor against the run, couldn't get, you know, had no burst, looked like he was slow and shouldn't be in the league and looked exactly like a guy who fell in the draft. He, I, I don't know where this came from. I'm not mad about it now, but I'm kind of like, where was it? What do you think? I mean, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, where was this from, from many seasons before this? But Vanessa looked like the guy that you would take in a second round. He looked like a second round, early second round defensive end who is winning his battles when he needs to, and he's stepping up and making plays. The big strip stack uh, at the end of the quarter when uh, Jackson was just driving after Buffalo scored that touchdown, and he looked like, holy shit, they're going to score again. Um, he did a great job of – you did a great job of, you know, getting, getting to the quarterback, getting that strip sack. Um, I mean, look, the, the week before, big interception, big pick six against uh, Washington two weeks before that. So, I mean, there's not enough good things to say about him. Given where Buffalo is with their defensive line going into next year, Maybe do you try to offer him like a contract midseason and try to get Ooh, him a little no, cheaper than what you pay? No, I need to no? see more. I need to see a full season out of him. You know, a couple of nice games. This guy's been in the league a long time. We gotta see. We gotta see consistent play. If you, if you I mean, get, he was if you he was, sign, he was a guy. You you, sign him. If you can sign him three years for no. three years for thirteen million dollars. Um, man. I mean, I will say that signing Ed Oliver early is looking oh. like a great move right now because Ed Oliver was kind of on the fence. You're like, do you? Does he really? Did he really earn that? Um. Charlie, uh, 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 so it it come out to about we, we, four and a, a half. We've seen a lot of bad out of AJ Epinesa. We've seen him, you know, we, you would have traded him for a fourth round pick, a third round pick, probably. I would trade him for a bag of footballs at some point last it's, season. Okay, like he couldn't even get on the field, and I'm glad that he's playing well. You, we got to see more than this, I think. AJ Epinesa, AJ Epinesa last year is what Kyrie Elam has become this year. Okay. Kyrie Elam okay. has become that guy that I'm like, look, I don't care what you get for him. I don't care if you get Gatorades in the vending machine for him for the whole rest of the year. I don't care what you get for him. Get him off the team because he is not good. And I thought he was a football player last year that that had bursts and flashes of being good. Mm-hmm. Um, but something happened somewhere, and and maybe we see a different Kyrie Elam this week with back to back games getting in and and, and playing. Um, but they did pull him off the field for a practice squad call up into Marcus Ingram towards the end of the game. So what what does that mean? That's, Where does this coach means it's, you, it's embarrassing. I mean, you probably. I mean, we've just been saying you do have more runway. You can you can just give it to him, and he can get beat a couple of times this week, and maybe he learns from it, and he does better next week because you're going to still win that game. Can you imagine um, what? the Bills Twitter is going to look like if I say Hodgins gets like two touchdowns. Uh, I can see that being a thing. I don't want to hear it. He gets two touchdowns and Gabe Davis gets like none. And it just becomes a huge thing. And Tyrod beats him? Come on. What are we talking about? If Tyrod doesn't get a standing ovation coming out of the tunnel, is this his first game back in Buffalo since – uh, that's a good question. I don't know. 
Because where else has he been? I don't think he's been in Buffalo. So I think he was in Buffalo. Cleveland for a while. He was in Houston. Let's see. First Buffalo Bills. I don't know if he's ever. Um, yeah, I, I think this is his first game back in Buffalo or back against the Bills. I'm kind of hoping that Daniel Jones plays just because I feel like I, I feel a little bit more confident about that, um, mm-hmm. given how this team has struggled against, you know, running quarterbacks in the past, mm-hmm. especially with Matt Milano out. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know. But Daniel Jones also has wheels, but he's like a poor man's Josh Allen. I don't know. It, it's going to definitely be a good game. Let's let's. Do you think you see the same dominant defensive line? I mean, look, this defensive line has been dominant. They're 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 one of the bright spots from last week. Do you continue to see this defensive line continue to um, take these jumps? They better against a, a team that can't move the ball, right? I mean, the, like the Bills' defense has been honestly pretty good on takeaways this year, and that, that was another frustrating part. The Jaguars were not taking this game from the Bills. They they were, you know, happy to, to you know, they could have very easily deserved to lose that game with the way that, that they played, and the Bills could not finish it. The defense has been getting turnovers. Um, I like how the Lions played, and – yeah, they should do great against a bad team. I mean, I mean, we're still we're very upset that we lost Matt Milano. You know, the, one of the guys that you can't lose, you just lost. And I mean, the Bills are still double digit. They're favored by like fourteen this week. That's crazy. I don't know, man. It's a uh, Bills defense needs to be dominant. I would love to see the. I, I don't want to say that I want to see the defense win them the football game because I, I feel like they haven't needed that you know, the last few weeks, um, you know, last week was the offensive chance to go out and, and win them a football game because the defense did everything they needed to do and the offense couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Sean McDermott has been a really good coordinator calling these defense plays. I think he knows what to expect from a Brian Dable offense. Um, but at the same time, look, don't forget Buffalo traded Boogie Bashman to New York. I don't know how much they're using – Boogie Basham's knowledge of what this new defense is going to look like. Um, you know, are they locking him in a dark room and telling him, give me the answers for the game? I, I don't know. I, I mean, do they have any answers? Look, the wheels are falling. The wheels are falling off in New York. Yeah. Right. Let's be honest. The wheels are falling off in New York. They really have nothing to play for five weeks through the season. I'll just put it. They have nothing I mean, what, to play for. What are they doing with Daniel Jones? You, do you eat that dead cap? I, I don't know. I I feel a little bit bad for for our our buddy Dave's because I thought they should not have signed Daniel Jones. I have one good year after several bad ones, and they kind of got talked into it, and now it's biting them in the butt. I want Dave's to get fired just so we could fire Dorsey and bring back Dave's. Wow, I think I, Dave's I think coach jo- of the I, year. I think if he there's a there's no way they're firing him. They would get rid of Dan Jones before they got rid of Dabes, and B, he could get another head coaching job. Yeah, but look how how successful he was with Daniel Jones last year. Their offense didn't change much. 
you were successful with him last year. Why aren't you having that same success this year? I guess, but I mean, they just, they have no playmakers. The Waller looks slow. Like everyone looks slow. No one's coming open. It's just bad. But you, you, again, they had no playmakers last year, but it was no issue. You still had Saquon Barkley hurt at times last year too. I mean, nothing, nothing has changed for that team. They added Matt Breida who has some speed. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm wishful thinking that. They somehow say, look, I, we can't take this. This is New York. Fire Dabes and go get me a, a head coach. And Josh Allen calls up Sean McDermott. The second Dable gets fired and is like, fire Dorsey, bring me Dabes. Let's win a Super Bowl. I mean, if he would do it, I would love it. I just don't see it. I don't know. I, it's, again, wishful thinking. Um The Bills are winning Sunday, right? Like, there's no doubt in your mind. Although, I don't want to ask you that either because you texted me before the Jaguars game this week feeling confident about a win this week. And, well, that came to bite us in the ass. I was, and I was wrong. You must have had one too many Bloody Marys for the start of the game where your confidence was just oozing. I did not do that. No, I that I had a uh, made a lovely breakfast pizza pregame. Came out really good. Uh, there was no... Uh, no pregame Bloody Marys, although I probably needed about six of them at halftime. Hmm. Probably the most stressful Bills game in a while, huh? Just uh, like was just, it the most. It was it was a very frustrating game start to finish. I mean, the Jets game was. <laughs> that is how they lose games, Charlie. I don't know what to tell you. Let's. Uh, do you want to give me a score prediction for Sunday? Hmm, uh, let's see. The Giants just stink. I am worried about the Bills coming back from London. They can't lose the game. The Giants have no offense. Dable redemption game? Can you scheme something up? Tyrod redemption game. Cole, Cole Beasley, Beasley redemption game. Call up. Yep. Boogie Basham redemption game. Joe Shane redemption. I don't know. Um, we, can, we, we can keep going here. Uh, the Giants are going to bring some juice. Uh, they just don't have a cup to really put it in. We're going to go. The line is 14. That feels like way too big. We're going to go. Bills. Too big. Yeah, doesn't it? You think You think more than 14? Give, give me your prediction first. I'll tell you what I think. Ooh, okay. I'm going back and forth between the Bills' defense is still good. Their line is going to be in the quarterback's house all day long. Uh, and Dave's is just going to come up with some kind of magic here against his old team. Uh, and by magic, I say that means he keeps it respectable. He doesn't win. Uh, we got to go. You think this could be a lower scoring game, possibly? Hmm. A lot, you know, every every week you ask me for this, and a score is like, you know, snap pops in my head. I'm like really going back and forth here. Um, it's going to be a weird, ugly game. Bills twenty six, Giants seventeen. Okay. Um, I mean, or it could well, be like forty to three, like like one of the two. I don't know. All right, your turn. Give me something. Charlie, you have self-muted, and you do not want the world to hear your, your opinion. 
Charlie is still self-muted. No one can hear him. He's talking into the abyss. Can Charlie hear me? Charlie, you there? You're on mute. Pell, you're on mute. Hello? Hello. We may have to cut this. This is this is good podcasting here. I think his microphone died and his headphones go through his microphone. Sir, you are on mute. I'm just going to keep talking. Maybe he'll get maybe he'll, he'll figure it out. Uh what guys, what do we think Charlie would guess? What do we think Charlie would guess? Uh, hello, 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 Charlie. Still nothing. My mic was muted, wasn't it? For a very long time. There it is. <laughs> now I can't hear you. Uh, okay, we uh, I, I I just told the listeners that that you were, were muted and you were still talking, and we were having a little bit of fun with that. Uh, and I was wondering if your mic had died, which is where your headphones go through. And we were going to invent a score prediction on your behalf. Hold on, I still we, can't hear you. Oh, see, now this is bad, listener. This is bad podcasting right here. We are going to say it's Charlie thirty six. Charlie has Bills 36, Giants 7. Um, Charlie, Charlie, uh, your prediction. Give the people your prediction. So, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, this is a bad Giants defense. It's a bad, bad defense. Probably the worst defense Buffalo's going to play till they play Denver. And the Broncos are bad. Bad, bad. Um, but you said the line is 14 and a half? Uh, I saw that earlier. I don't know if that is still the line. I should look that up. Screw it, man. No, no Brian Dable redemption game. I think Brian Dable's throwing tablets, throwing fits. Uh, throwing cigars, you name it. Dabs is doing it. I think the Bills throw a 50-burger up on the Giants wow. just to show the NFL that they mean business, that they are the shit, that they are not a slouch of a football team. I think the Bills' defense steps up big. Um, I think it's another defensive player of the week game for Terrell Bernard. Um, doing all sorts of accolades their way this week, but I think the Bills win big. I'm going to say they win Fifty-two to seventeen this week. It's a huge win for Buffalo. Huge win at home on Sunday Night Football, and I think fans are going to be leaving happy on Sunday, knowing that the Buffalo Bills could be back. Charlie is pulling a Super Bowl twenty-seven reference out at us, fifty-two to seventeen. For the that's what I, this time. Yeah, that that is the mountain that I'm going to stand on. Fifty-two. The 17. Wow. That was Buffalo, against the Cowboys, of course, in the Super Bowl. But yes. wow. Buffalo Bills win in a dominating fashion. All right. A 50 burger. You know who's not winning in dominating fashion tonight, Nick? And, uh, you know, we got to talk about him. Season. Uh, is, season. Is, is this this is qu- not the transition I expected from you on, a, on what should be a very promising saver season, Charlie? Yes. I think you could do better. Let's do it again. <laughs> Well, Nick, the Sabres are in action tonight <laughs> to open the season against the New York Rangers. And, uh, well, Nick, wasn't great. The 
Sabres lost five to one against the New York Rangers. They are who are who are a good team. They're a good team, right? Like, like, and and I didn't watch the game. I saw the first two and a half periods. So, um, you know, I I think of the three goals that I saw, none of them I would put on Levi. I think one was on bad defense. The second one, he was screened and he kind of tipped it himself, just tried to make a play on it. Um, so I don't think Levi looked bad. I think the Sabres defense still is a little shaky and needs a little bit more help back there. Yoki Haru is still an issue. I don't know how he's still on this hockey team. Hmm. Um, would rather see Ryan Johnson up than, than, than Yoki Haru. Um, but with all of that said, I still think they're a playoff team, right? Your, your thoughts on the season playoff team still. Um, okay, so listen, when I think of the season just in my head, the number that comes up is 98 points. And my first reaction to that thought is that sounds too high. Um, and that, I mean, that puts them like on the cusp of, of playoffs and of being competitive in the last weeks of the season. Uh, but hey, listen, if they're on that pace, they need to make moves and bring it up here. So I'm going to say, yes, they do make the playoffs. They end the drought. Uh, this is the first time I have predicted that last year. I predicted them for 90 points. Uh, I think next, next season, I like them a ton. I think they could be hundred, hundred, five, hundred, ten next season. That means this season is like, can they break a hundred? Can they get? What do you think, Charlie? Like, where, where's your? If I gave you over under on ninety eight points, you going easy over? I mean, you picked them to make the playoffs. Is that an easy? I mean, over I'm you? I'm pushing at ninety. I think ninety eight gets them in. Uh, and I think it's you know kind of comes down to what we had last season, right? With the last ten games of the season, is is everything's a must win at that point? Um, if they don't make the playoffs, Nick, where does this set up Granado and? And and Kevin Adams, I mean, I think they've put together a good hockey team, a good young core. They signed Darlene. They signed Power this morning to a long-term deal. I think they, they have a good young core in place. I think where they're struggling is second and third and, hell, four, fourth-line wingers. Mm-hmm. They don't have that scoring touch. And not that I think Patrick Kane provides that, but maybe you get, bring in a guy like Kane and – Take out a guy like Greenway um, to provide a little bit more touch. You you need to go out this offseason if you don't make playoffs and go spend money. You have $28 million uh, to spend after your signings going into what might be the biggest offseason for Kevin Adams and Don Granado and everything we thought they'd do last offseason they didn't do. They didn't really bring in any big, you know, any big pieces. They brought in a aging Eric Johnson and a Connor Clifton, who had moments of being good, but hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They, they got to find a way to – they have to find a way to make playoffs. This playoffs are bust for this hockey team. If they don't make the playoffs, there's there's a big issue here. So, I mean, th- there's even, I think, different ways that that could, could go. I mean, if they – you know, if, if they are in it the final week of the season and they, you know, I don't know, they miss by one point. You know, are you happy that they had that race or are you just so upset? No. It's everything all over again with, with last week. 
um, or with last season, I mean, it's the same thing. You're in the race and you just can't win the big games when you need to. I, I mean, look, t- today's a perfect example. You had this great year from Tage Thompson last year. The guy looked on fire most of the year and he went quiet when you needed him the most. Um, you know, even this season, he's he's kind of, you know, I know it's one game, but he, he was kind of non-existent uh, tonight. Uh, one goal that the Sabres scored came from J.J. Paterka. And everyone else just kind of, you know, didn't look great. Owen Power, I think, had an assist, and um, Yuki Haru had the other assist. I, I, I don't know. I, I need to see more from the guys that I'm spending all this money with, guys from my core, right? Guys like a Dylan Cousins, guys like a um, uh, Jeff Skinner, an Alex Tuck, a Tage Thompson. Um, you know, I mean, look, Tuck had one shot on goal tonight, Skinner and Thompson both both had three shots. Hmm. I need to see those guys. I need to see those shot numbers up higher with, with with those three, especially with my first line. That's the first line that was so dominant anytime they had the puck on their stick last season. Um, I need to see more from them throughout the year. And again, I know it's week one. Don't you know? Not throwing any any panic buttons or you know hitting any panic buttons yet. But um, we uh, we definitely need to see how that first line plays. Do you think? Me, do do you yeah. think they sign Patrick Kane? No. That that seems to be the big rumor. Yeah, it's a rumor. I I I don't know. Like he's 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 a name. He's a champion, and he's been watched for a little bit. Would you take him over a Zemgis Gergensens or a Kyle Pozo or a Chad Greenway? Uh, okay, so that's actually more of an interesting Sorry. question to me. Is you know would 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 a contending team have Pat Kane like not really at this point um and I know you could say that, that the Rangers had him last year but um you're not relying on him to like lead you to the race right now um that said is he better than some of the other guys they have that's a more interesting question but are you I mean are you signing Pat Kane to play him 11 minutes a game in my opinion I'm signing Pat Kane to kind of take that Jordan Greenway role. Um, you know, look, I, I think the plan was early in the season, and I think it all depends, too, what happens with Zach Benson. I think it's – while Zach Benson did make the roster, I think he's got a nine-game trial period and mm-hmm. see how he plays. Um, and I think that's why we see him on the line right now with Jordan Greenway is to protect him being the smaller rookie, um, get him a big guy who's not afraid to throw down the mitts and – and, uh, you know, make some big hits as well. That's why we see him on that line with Jordan Greenway, but I'd rather see him with a guy who can make plays, and that's where he excelled in the preseason with guys like Jeff Skinner, guys like Tage Thompson who can go out and make plays with pucks on their stick. He's always open. Hmm. If there's one thing that I noticed watching him in the preseason and watching him tonight, he's always open on the ice. You just got to find a way to get him. You got to find guys who can give him the puck. Jordan Greenway's not that guy. You know what I mean? He's yeah, not a, definitely. He, he he had zero shots tonight. He's he's not that guy who's gonna be able to to make that that nifty pass or you know or or give him that nice little sauce pass through the middle onto a stick, right? You, you you he needs to be with a guy, in my opinion, a Tage Thompson, a Jeff Skinner, guys who can create plays um, with the puck on their stick and find the open guy in the slot or wherever wherever Benson might be. 
You think Benson sticks around, or do you think this is a nine games and nice to see a kid? I I, I don't know. I don't know yet. Um, He definitely didn't look like he was struggling tonight with a little bit that I saw. Um, But I would say, again, it all depends on how they feel about the guys that they have sent down. Hmm. Um, do they feel like they have a guy who could step into that role? And I think it all depends on how they feel, um, again, about signing a guy like a Patrick Kane or, or one of those guys. Because um, if you're signing Kane, maybe you don't need Benson here. I think you know he can step into that Benson role at that point if, if that's what you do with him. If Benson stays, and I think he steps in, in and takes over Jordan Greenway's spot on that line. You know He's not going to provide the same physicality as Greenway does, but that's what you got a Connor Clifton for. That's what you got a um, you got a guy like Eric Johnson for us to provide that physicality. I mean, and and we've seen in years past that Dylan Cousins is not afraid to throw down if he has to, right? So mm-hmm. they can be a physical hockey team if they need to be. Um, but I think it all depends on how their future looks with Patrick Kane or or, or someone else they might be looking at. D- Dylan, uh, not Dylan, Devin Levi. What do you, uh, by the end of the year, will he be a bona fide top 25 NHL goalie? Or are we thinking that he really needs another year? I mean, look, it's this year or not for him. Um, they could sign him to an extension at the end of the season if they want. Something that's got to be talked about. Um, I think he's better than UPL. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate the fact they're carrying three goalies right now on this team. I think you put UPL on waivers. I don't think anybody's taking them. You know, hell, trade him for the name just to say it. <laughs> trade him to uh, trade him to Tampa. Tampa needs a goalie right now. They're they're they're, they're you know starting goalies out. Vasilevsky's out for a few months after some surgery. I, I think you can trade him there, move him around. I I don't know, but um, I think. To answer your question, long way around, yes, I think he looks like a bona fide starter. But again, Buffalo needs to find ways to be better defensively. You know, the first goal alone tonight, um, he makes a he makes a save, rebound comes out. Yoki Haru's head is at the puck, not watching behind him. Guy sneaks in back door um, on Yoki, and Yoki's not you know not doing anything. He's not there to make a play. He's not aggressive uh, with the guy coming in behind him. Nothing, you know, wide open net. Um, you can't ask him to bail you out every single f- hockey game. So mm-hmm. I think they need to find ways to be better on the defensive side of the puck and, um, you know, help out your young goaltender. All right. Uh, you got a, You got a team MVP for me. I really want to be Skinner because he picked probably the greatest goal song in the history of goal songs. And I want to hear it a million times this season. Actually, hold on. Let me, let me stop there before we get team MVP. Um, well, you said Skinner. I'm going to go Darlene. Uh, But I want to talk Tage real quick. The Athletic, uh, I don't know if you had seen this, they put out their, their rankings of the top players, and they kind, of, they kind of did them by tiers. They had Tage in the third tier of NHL top players. Uh, Charlie, you've just muted once again, just so you know. Um. Tage in the third third tier. To me, what was a little surprising, I, I clicked, a, basically, I'll admit, I clicked the article to see where Tage was listed. 
And I kept scrolling and I kept scrolling. And then I got the Tage. Uh, and they basically said they love his offensive game. He's not a 200-foot player at this point. So um, that was, I, don't, I don't know. Charles, I don't know. Do we agree? Do, do we think he, he is going to become um, an elite, elite player? Yes. I, I mean, I think he will be, right? I mean, he's got to be. He's He showed five. I mean, I mean, no, he doesn't. You don't have to be. It's very difficult to do. But people, I think, to... Sabres fans want to think he's already there. That's what, And that's what I'm trying to say, right? When I say he has to be, he showed so many flashes of that last season. I mean, he, he looked like one of the best players in the NHL last year. How much of that was the guys he played with on the line? How much of that was what he did on his own? I don't know. Um, again, like, like I just said about Tage, he kind of went quiet in, in the big games down the stretch last season and you need him to be, I, I don't look, I don't need him to score every single game. I don't need him to be a Connor McDavid, uh, type of player. Um, but I, I'll be honest. I would like to see him be a more of a Jack Eichel type of player and just be able to go out and get points and, and, and help your team find ways to win hockey games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Eichel. You know, was able to put up points. They score every game. No, did have an assist every game. No, um, but I need to see Tage just just kind of continue to go down what he was doing last season, and not, uh, you know, not take a huge step back. Okay. One question for you, Nick. I don't know if you saw it, but the Sabres released their 2023-2024 goal songs. I did see that. Do you have a favorite? Well, I just kind of just want them to score. Period. Now you're gonna make <laughs> me like bring it up and. Well, I'll, I'll, look, I'll, I'll I'll give you my like top three. Okay, I mean you're also um, gonna make me admit here that I'm like I'm not super up on like the latest music here. Um, actually, I did I did uh, I looked through this earlier and one that jumped out to me, Charlie. Um, Owen Power picked the song Power by Kanye West. I thought that was a very nice touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of that, um, Dylan Cousins, who do you know where he's from? He's from Whitehorse. Uh, he picked the song White Horse by Chris Stapleton. So, uh, I like both of those just for the sentimentality. Uh, thoughts on Jeff Skinner's goal song? I think you should sing it, is what I think. Like give him a mic every time he scores. No, no, no. you personally on this podcast. I think you should. Oh sing no, it. no, 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 no. I I won't do that to the listeners. They would uh, shut the podcast off very quick. I, we might lose listeners after that. Uh, but is "Breaking Free" by Troy Bolton and uh, Gabriella from High School Musical, and that is, I I thought it couldn't get any better after Party in the USA last year. But let me tell you, that may have gotten that might might be better than. <laughs> Than last year's goal song. I love it. Love it. Probably that's probably my favorite on there. And then uh, you know, you definitely mentioned Chris Stapleton for for Dylan Cousins and and uh you know I, the other big one that I liked on there as well was Hezra Roll for Alex Tuck. Um okay. I kinda wish Alex Tuck would have had the shot song as his goal song. That would have been you know, <laughs> Sabres were at the game today. Song. You mean the Bills were at the game today? Uh the Sabres, I yes. hope the Sabres were at the game, although they, they didn't uh, well, really show up. But yes, well, Sabres were kind of yes, there. Yes, I'm sorry. Sabres were there. And and you see who else was there? Josh Allen. Uh, uh, Haley Steinfeld was there. I did not see that. I saw Josh Allen 
Um, and the guys, and I did not see Haley Steinfeld at the game when they showed her. How about Interesting. That, so her first Sabres game, and it's a, maybe she's the bad luck charm. Maybe she's the opposite of what Taylor Swift is for Kansas City, and she's just the bad luck charm for this Bills team. Although she was in Miami. She was in Miami. And they got a big win. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, Sabres are going to have a good year. I think they're going to make playoffs. I think that today, tonight was just a fluke. Um, five win loss to the Rangers. I think we see a, a different team, but I do not think that the real New York team uh, on Sunday will lose to the team from New Jersey. I think they're going to win handedly. All right. All right. Do you want to give a do you want to give a quick sponsor shout out, Nick, and we can let the people get back to the regularly scheduled day? Uh, shout out Ethos Performance Rehab. You know them, you love them. They make you feel better. They make you play better. What's not to like? Ethos Performance Rehab. Tell them the process sent you. Great place to go. This is a uh, time of year where, let's face it, you folks up north are going to be getting a little bit of cold, but the cold brings a little bit of stiffness. Uh, Doctor Matt is great at helping you stay loose, stay fit, stay in shape for a golf season um, in the summertime, keep you going for hockey season throughout wintertime, um, and really just kind of keep you in shape for the long, long winter that you folks have there up in the 716. All right, Charlie. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, awesome, man. Hey, appreciate everyone tuning in this week. Um, you can follow the process on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Follow Nick on Twitter at the – no, not by Nick Veronica. That's Facebook. Follow Nick on Facebook at by Nick Veronica. On Twitter at Nick Veronica. On threads at Nick Veronica. Am I missing any more social medias for you, Nick? Um, no, we don't need to mention those. Okay, so that, those are all of Nick's social medias. You can find me on Twitter at Chowit68. Appreciate everybody tuning in this week. Go Bills, big win, 50-burger coming up, <laughs> serving it on a silver platter, Sunday night football. Uh, remember to always trust the process.